feel like there's some people who needed to prophetically declare that over your circumstances this morning. Amen. I'm just praying that as you declare that, if you're having a hard time in your flesh believing that, that you jump on the faith of some of the other people inside this room and believe it over your life. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your word, Father God, that we can declare over ourselves, Lord, and we know that the truth of your word will make us free. Lord, those who are hurting, those who are sick in their body, those who are grieving this morning, those who desperately just want to quit, who it's a miracle that they even got to church today. It's a miracle that they're even watching online. It's a miracle that they're even watching this even after the fact. Lord, make them know right now that you see them, that you're concerned about what's going on inside their life. And that you can handle it. Lord, that they don't have to listen to maybe what the world has said about their circumstances. They can trust what you said. And you said it ain't over yet. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord this morning. I was scheduled to speak Sunday, December the 4th coming up, and Lord willing and the creek don't rise, I will speak again uh, on that Sunday, but I got a call yesterday, we need to pray for our pastor. Pastor, uh, I know, wants to be here with you, uh, sharing the truth of God's word uh, with you, but he is a sick man, and um, he, he needs our prayers uh, that the Lord would heal his body uh, so that he can come back and be with his sheep. And the church said amen. amen. Uh, I want to also uh, just say welcome home to some of our college kids who are back for Thanksgiving. Good to have you here with us back in town. Uh, I know that uh, one person is here. Uh, that's not usually here. My dad and my stepmom are, are here. Uh, they kind of heard that I was going to be preaching. So. Nice to have you here. Appreciate that. Um, as I begin to pray and just sort of think about what I wanted to share with you uh, this morning, um, I heard a phrase in my spirit that I felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking to just me. Uh, but what I'm hoping and praying that because the Lord knows all, sees all, this is not a surprise to him. It's not a curveball that Pastor Harv's uh, at home today. It's not a curveball that I'm up here. He knew all this ahead of time. And so maybe he whispered this phrase, not only for me, but for some of you uh, today also. But he whispered a phrase and he said, this one thing I have against you, you have abandoned your first love. And I was a tad bit offended. God, I love you. I'm preaching the gospel. I'm serving in ministry. I help old ladies across the road. I, 
I don't know. I, I, I do nice stuff. I'm, I'm, a, I, I'm doing pretty good. I, I love you. And, and, and I feel like the Holy Spirit of God was saying, I, I, I'm not looking for somebody to just check boxes. I'm not looking for somebody to just follow the rules. I used to think that I was a really good Pharisee. God, aren't you pleased? I don't cuss. At least not as much as I used to. That resembles some people inside this room. Hallelujah. God, you know, I, 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 I'm not getting drunk. Aren't you pleased? You know, I ain't going around to these particular places. I ain't, I ain't doing all this, this stuff. I'm checking all the boxes. Yeah, but this one thing I have against, you don't love me. There are morally good people who don't cuss and fuss and, 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 and drink and, and do all these other things that we think are the standard for religion and, and, and Christianity who will not make it to heaven because they don't have a love relationship with Jesus. Amen? And it's a sobering thought that, 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 that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess and we'll try to hang our hat on the thing that makes us spiritual in this earth, in this world. I carry around my Bible. I got a bumper sticker with the fish thing. You know, I'm a Christian. You, you, you're not in love with me. You're mechanical. You, you, you're just doing what, what, what you think is, is right inside your own eyes. I need you to love me. And, 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 and that love that propels you, because typically when I hear this verse preached about, it always deals with just your love relationship with the Lord. But I believe it goes even further because what happens when you don't have a real love relationship with Jesus is you don't have a real love relationship with people. And so we feel extremely justified that that person, you know, talked about me and that person was mean to me. And so I can hate them. And it's subtle things because you didn't post about them on Facebook, although some of us have. It was just something subtle like some, you heard through the grapevine through a friend of a friend of a friend that, that something bad happened to him and, and, and inside you smiled. You, you, you were rejoicing that somebody created in the image of God that maybe didn't vote how you wanted them to vote. That maybe is gender confused and you think that they're weird and, 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 and so you, on the inside, when you hear about them and something bad happens to them, you're like, yeah. When they're an image bearer of Christ. And, and, and the thing that will allow you to have grace for those people, because God didn't out you when you was acting crazy. He handled you in private. Your business wasn't out in the street. You, you got to be on a journey. Amen. Amen. Is you so quickly forget that, man, I needed Jesus. 
I, I, I needed him to be patient and kind and long-suffering with me. And so I'm going to do that with the people of God. And the church said, amen. And he doesn't just leave you there. He doesn't just say, hey, this one thing that I have against you, because he, he kind of does this compliment sandwich inside the book of Revelation. If you're familiar with this passage of Scripture, it's the first of seven letters written to seven different churches, and Jesus has some pretty teaching, correcting, rebuking things to say to them. He starts off and he says, man, y'all have been doing a really good job. Somebody ever started off a conversation like that with you and you knew that there was a gut punch coming? Like, hey, I love you. Appreciate all you do here. You're doing excellent. One thing, just want to change, want to work on. And it hurt. But I was doing really, really good. No, there's a constant and consistent thing that you should, should, should be doing. You're ever-changing. Because hopefully on this Christian journey, you're looking more and more like Jesus. And that's hurt. That, that hurts our flesh. So verse 5, uh, it's verse 4 that says, hey, I have this one thing against you. Verse 5 gives us a prescription. He says you need to remember you need to repent, and then you need to do the works that you did at first. And then he says something crazy. If not, I'll come to you, remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, I thought I was doing good, God. R remove my, r remove your presence from me? Like, Shut this whole thing down? Like, like you're going to withdraw? You're going to write Ichabod? The, the, the glory is, like, you're going to remove from me? If, if, if I don't do this stuff, I thought I was doing pretty good. You are. I know you're going to do great at this. You ever had that part of the conversation? Like, oh, I know this is going to be rough. But you're going to do excellent. Because if not, you won't have a job here anymore. Amen. Been there. First thing he says is remember. And, and he even uses this phrase in, uh, inside the scripture. He says, remember from where you're fallen as if there was something sort of like in a, in a higher place that you had been. And so I was interested. I was intrigued. God what are we supposed to be remembering here? What am I supposed to be remembering here? Remember, this all started out with just, just Philip. Y'all are just sort of peeking in on what Holy Spirit's been doing with me in a back room somewhere. And I, I, I just imagine that there's one, two, maybe three of y'all that also maybe needs to hear this exact same word. So he says, remember from where you're fallen you got to go back to Acts chapter 19 and, of course, the whole book of Ephesians. Uh, but they talk about the church at Ephesus. Paul comes into town and he starts off pretty crunk. 
sees 12 disciples. He's like, hey, y'all been baptized in the Holy Spirit? I ain't never heard of no baptism in the Holy Spirit. We were baptized in the John, the, the baptism of repentance. You want the Holy Spirit? Lays hands on them. They begin speaking in other tongues. Goes immediately inside the synagogue, preaches and teaches long enough to where he eventually offends the church folk. That never happens. Leaves the church house, goes into uh, what Scripture says, the hall of Tyrannius. They think that this is some maybe like, like a lecture hall, uh, you know, some place where people would have come in, traded ideas, these sort of things. And he teaches Gentiles, teaches people outside of the church now. And I wonder if the Holy Spirit was trying to get me and you to remember that you did not receive the Holy Spirit so that you could scream out inside church. It's not a cheap party trick. Hey, don't y'all do that thing at your church? Speak, speak in tones. Do it. I ain't never heard nobody. It was to empower you to witness. It was to empower you to compare. Well, well I, don't, I, don't, I don't do that. Correct. Because greater is he that is in you. That the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives down deep on the inside of you. It causes you to do things that you wouldn't normally do inside yourself. We were called to, to be witnesses, and it's not just the, the, the thing with the microphone and the, and the stage thing and the, and the instrument thing. Some of y'all are having a great marriage, and you're being a witness to people because you love your wife and you love your husband. Some of you are being a witness by showing up. People are watching you and you're being a witness. Some people are watching you and they've never even said anything, but you've just been faithful to do what is hard for your flesh and people are watching and people are seeing the hope of Jesus. Maybe you're supposed to remember that this morning. Maybe you're supposed to remember, you know the thing I remember probably the most? is that God has been just patient with me. You know, I work with, you know, with young people, and so, you know, 13, 14, 15 years old, I'm like, hey, man, you want to come up here and help me pray tonight? Oh, no, 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 Pastor Philip, I, 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 I couldn't do that. I, I, I'm not like you. No, 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 no. That, that's just, what, that's not my lane. I'm going to stay in my lane over here. I'm a, I'm a chair sitter. And it will be easy to say, get up. What's wrong with you? Stand up. But God was patient with me. He's patient with me when I, when I see people do stupid stuff. Again, I work with young people. And I think, why in the world would you do something so dumb? And then I can quickly remember that it was not too long ago that people were probably talking about, Philip, what an idiot. This guy will never get it right. God was patient with me. 
He was kind to me. So when I give people opportunities and when I have people around, I know that God's got them on a journey. And you may be vaping right now, but that ain't where you're going to be. You, 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 you may be selling weed on campus. That ain't where you're going to end up. You, you may be the biggest drunk in the party right now, but that's not your future. Right now, you may be making all kinds of bad decisions. Your eyes are wandering, and, and you don't think that you're ever going to be right, but I don't think that that's where you're going to stay because I know your grandma. I know your mama and your daddy. I know what the youth leaders and the people around you have spoken and said over you. And I mean that even for us adults because a lot of times, you know, we forget. It's like, you know, when we talk about, you know, sort of our, you know, our sins and our mess ups. Like, well, <laughs> when I was your age, I... I used to do some crazy things, not giving glory to Satan. I want to give all glory to God, but thank God I'm not there anymore. You were sinning this morning while getting ready for church. You just barely made it here to look like that you love God. Oh, how soon we forget. I think about even Josh up here this morning under the unction of the Holy Spirit saying, I feel like there's somebody. I feel like there's somebody who just needs to, to move. There's some of you who can't move because you don't remember what it feels like. Man, you've, been, you, you, you've abandoned the first love. And it's like you don't know your way back. It's like how we talk about sometimes as we go out and minister to people who are homeless and we're saying, hey, do you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? They can't hear that acceptance of, or that invitation for salvation over their hunger cries for food. There's some other things that's got to be dealt with for first. Maybe some things that you can't see. Maybe some things that are interworking on the inside of their heart. And I'm telling you, I believe that God has me here today to remind some people that there's a first love that you're supposed to be walking in. There's a, there's a first love that you've walked away from and no one else would know it. The church at Ephesus on the outside looking in looked like everything was perfect. And there's some of you who walked in here, man, your suit looked good. You took your weekly bath, slapped on some cologne or some perfume. Man, I bet their house is perfect. They never have problems. Did you see them walking in? They were holding hands. Did you see their Facebook posts? They've been married for how many years? Maybe we should go somewhere, do something like that. And I used to compare myself to a lot of people, and then I found out when people started coming to me for counseling that the same people who were posting, hey, happily married, are ready to stab each other in the throat. Man, I want you to remember that God has something so much better for you than what you're currently thinking about yourself. Amen. <laughs> Second thing he says is repent. 
Do you know why people enjoy going on Tuesday nights to celebrate recovery and ministries like it? Because people ain't afraid to repent. People ain't afraid to say, I need God. Do, do you know why we show up? And, and everybody would say that. We, we hear the preacher and we, we, you know, we say things. It's like, yeah, we all need God. Yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah, you need to go after your healing, pursue God, but you won't do it. Because you're afraid that somebody might think that you actually need the Holy Spirit's help to walk out this life. God commands us to live for him. And the only way that we can fulfill the command is that the Holy Spirit empower us and strengthen us to do it. We have to live on the altar. You know, typically our girls from City of Lights are here, and I'm telling you, they, they provide such a boost to our church. You know why? Because it's people who don't care. I'm telling you, as, as a preacher, as a minister uh, of the gospel, I've wanted to respond to a couple altar calls. Well, you know, I don't know. They might think that I'm dealing with what he was talking about. Maybe they'll think I'm... I mean, I just did get this suit, and I don't want to mess it up. It'll be wrinkled if I'd be on my knees. I mean, what are we talking about here? This is uncomfortable. And you know what repentance does when you're serious about it? It's an about face. It's a turning that has to happen. Because for a long time, people inside the church, you know, they enjoy crying. Man, I love when they sing that song. I, I love it when, you know, that, that particular person lays hands on me. And you ever seen somebody, they get their hands laid on them and, you know, they're fixing that dress on the way down? You know, when I'm laying here, I want to look good for the photo. Doggone it. See, up here talking about folks, the Lord don't like that. So when people respond, I'm telling you what I do. Nine times out of ten. I mean, people ugly face, crying, snot hanging out their nose. Hey, look up at me. <laughs> Huh? Hey, look up at me. You serious about this? Because if you're serious, then that means when you stand up from here, you're going to have to stop doing some things and you're going to have to start doing some other things. Are, are, are you, you, you serious about that? And it's okay if you aren't because sometimes we, you, you're just on a journey and, and you may have to cry 10 times before it sticks. Keep on coming. Eventually, your flesh is going to die and your spirit's going to win out. Amen? But, but I want to speak to people and, and, and tell them the truth of God's word. If you're serious about this, God will do Why don't we do that? Why can't we remember? We're afraid. Why won't we repent? 
we're afraid. Why won't we have a deeper, closer, more intimate, authentic relationship with Jesus? We are scared out of our minds. I'm telling you, it's the answer that I hear consistently from black, white, old, young. Why aren't you doing what God has called you to do? I'm afraid. I'm afraid because I've been hurt before. I'm afraid because, you know, this other pastor did this. I'm afraid because, you know, these other folks did that. I'm afraid. I'm, I'm just protecting myself. I'm not doing this. But if you're serious about the change, I'm telling you, God will change you. He will. And it'll, it might take a while. You might still have some stinking thinking that he has to deal with, but I'm telling you, he'll do it. Amen. He, he, he'll do it. He's faithful and just. Yes. Let me turn it inward here. You, you know what I felt like the Holy Spirit was reminding me? Is that it, there was a time when it bothered me that Walker County was written as the epicenter of the opioid crisis. Like, the, the, the central thing. Like, we're leading in something, not just in the state of Alabama, but in the nation and its opioids. This is not something to hang our hat on. It's not something to be proud of. That used to burden me. It used to bother me. It used to bother me so much that, that, that it changed up my prayer life. It changed up the way that I was interacting with people. It changed up my time. It changed up the way I used my resources because it bothered me. There, there used to be a time inside my life when I, I, was, I was asking God, help me see people the way you see them. Help me be intentional about, uh, about giving the good news of the gospel and giving hope to people. But I don't, I don't know that I'm still there. I feel like God was showing me like, hey, there used to be a time you've abandoned your first love. Some of it's offense, you know, you're mad, you know, you're frustrated at people. Some, 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 you're just so focused in on you and yours that you don't have time for anybody else. But I'm telling you, the greatest joy that you'll ever have is when you give your life away. Man, I repent, God, for not seeing your people that are all around me. Last thing he says is this. He says, do the good works that I've called you to. Do you know why Faith and the team at our church put on a serve day? You think because they're bored sitting around the house? You know what we need to do on a Saturday? We'll, we'll just try to figure out something and see if people will show up. No, it's, it's to give you an opportunity to do good works. So you should have received a card when you came in, scan a QR code, sign up to do good works. Yeah, but the last time that is... Yeah, but the last church that I was at... But, 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 but when, when I went the last time that, that, this didn't, that this didn't happen... So what? You're afraid... Afraid of maybe getting over-involved, afraid of maybe, hey, I don't know if I'll be good. I don't know if I'll be as good as, you know, some of these other people. God just wants you to be you. Yeah. 
Do the good works that God's called you. Oh, I can't be in the choir. I can't sing like Tanya. I don't play like her. God's called you to just do what you're called to do. Well, I couldn't, I couldn't help in the kids' ministry, you know. I don't really like that. Does it matter to you that the next generation may die and go to hell? Does it matter to you that they're uh, uh, being raised by a different generation because mothers and fathers are being affected by the opioid crisis and all they need is somebody to come in and smile and hang out? Does that bother you? I'm not saying that to add something else in if you're already serving and, and doing things, but I'm telling you there's some people that are on this pew that you served in other churches and you were a frontline minister. And we don't even know. Because you've just been like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. I really like just kind of coming in late and leaving early. Yeah, but it's not what God's called you to do. Man, you are robbing yourself of the fullness that John 10.10 talks about. Amen. You're, you're, you're looking for an opportunity to serve. So, I was reading in Scripture, Ephesians chapter 3, latter part of it, and it's what I wanted to pray over the congregation today. Because I believe that there are some people who are dealing with the truth of God's Word that says this. You don't love God. Maybe you show up to church. Maybe you're what the world would consider a quote-unquote good person, but you are not madly in love with Jesus. You haven't found the joy of having a deep, authentic relationship with him. That love has not inspired you to love his people, to serve and to, to go out, to pray for, to lift up, and to be a part of other people's lives. But I don't believe you're going to stay there. Because I believe the spirit of the living God is ministers to some people's hearts this morning. And some of you have just been waiting on to be asked. Well, you know, I, I, I do have the, that gift or talent, but nobody's asked me yet. Hear ye, hear ye. All who are waiting to be asked to do the good works that God has called you to do. I am officially, on behalf of Pastor Harv Turner, amen. I'm asking. Amen. Ephesians 3 says this. It, it's scripture, but it's Paul's prayer over the, of the church at Ephesus, and I'm going to pray it over you, and then I'm going to dismiss you. But when I say amen from that prayer, here's sort of where I feel like if there is going to be some kind of altar invitation, it's this. I believe that fear is paralyzing the people of God. And I'm not talking about, hey, you know, I'm a little scared. My, my hands get a little bit sweaty and, you know, I have to do it scared. I'm, I, I'm, I'm talking about fear that has said I can't remember what God told me because I won't even allow myself to go there. 
I can't remember that I won't allow myself to dream because I'm afraid that it won't happen. And some of you are living, some of us are living. And I got dreams and visions and things that I saw. I remember when I was in the, um, um, for some of y'all that don't know, I was in the, uh, um, I worked at the University of Alabama, I was a police officer. And I remember sitting in the cars on a, on a couple of different occasions and I could see myself speaking at Door High School, I could just, I could see myself there. And I didn't even think I was going to be back in ministry at that point. I'm making some pretty good money. Got some really great benefits. Chilling. And do you know what I do? Not just every so now and then. Not just once every blue moon when they don't have anybody else. I, I got a weekly standing appointment to stand in front of those high school students. And not just there, at all of our major high schools inside this area. There were some dreams that I let go because I wouldn't even let myself remember them because it, it would hurt. I'm telling you, God wants you to be free from fear because it did not come from him. Some of you uh, have, have not repented, have not truly changed your life around because you're, you're afraid of what God might call you to do. You're, you're afraid of, uh, of failing again. Man, if you got to ride the coattails of the altar all the way to heaven, but, buck up, buttercup, and just keep it riding. Don't be afraid to serve. God's got something good for you. Amen. Let me, let, me, let me pray this over you. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Team, y'all can come. Yes, Tanya, you felt that. Amen. Good. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I believe God wants to set some people free this morning. And this may be a part of your journey where you won't respond today, but you're going home and you're chewing on it, man. It won't, it won't get, you just can't get rid of it. Your mind and your heart's being changed. You don't even want to, God's going to give people a distaste for sin. That's what has to happen. Your mind has to change about these particular sins. You can't, you can't just think it's like, well, this is kind of bad and I, I maybe need to stop doing it. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe if I could just, uh, no, no, there has to be a poison that you have inside your mind that I can't even go near this. It's poison to me. That's what God will give you inside of metanoia, inside repentance. He'll give you a new mind.
But I'm trusting God that he's going to honor his word and he's going to honor what was happening inside me, I believe, again, maybe with two or three of y'all, it's happening on the inside of you. When I say amen in a second, they're going to sing a song. If that's you this morning, fear has paralyzed you. You haven't been serving in ministry. You haven't fallen in love with Jesus. Maybe you don't even think it's possible. I'm here to tell you it is. Maybe you can't remember. You won't even allow yourself to dream anymore. God's about to get rid of that fear. I want to encourage you this week as you sit around those Thanksgiving tables to rehearse the things that God has done inside your life and pass them on to the next generation. It's a good thing to be thankful. It's an even better thing to tell other people about that gratitude that you have. I'm going to pray. They're going to sing. Consider yourselves dismissed just as a point of announcement. We will not have Wednesday night services for kids, for adults, for students this Wednesday night because it's Thanksgiving week. We want you to spend this time with your family, hang out, love on each other. Amen. Lord, thank you for your word, for your word that's gone forth, Lord Jesus. And Lord, if nobody comes up to this altar, God, I know that your word has gone forth and that it's dealing with people. Because your word, according to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, pierces to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of men's and women's hearts. And I thank you for that, God. Lord, I pray that we would fall in love with you afresh and anew. I pray that we would fall in love with loving your people who were created in your image afresh and anew. Lord, I pray for my pastor who sits at home sick in his body right now today. Father God, I pray healing over him right now, Father God. Heal his body, Lord Jesus. Make him well, Lord Jesus. Those who are grieving uh, this, this week, Father God, because it's going to be the first Thanksgiving, maybe without a, a loved one that they're used to having around that table. Father God, I pray that you would be with them this morning, be with them this day. And I pray that you would go with us and stand by us. Lord, and I can't think of any better way for us to leave this house today than in worship unto you. Lord, I pray that people who desperately need fear gone out of their lives would respond. Lord, and I pray that they wouldn't wait on a prayer partner. They wouldn't wait on Pastor Philip or Pastor Kelly or anybody else. Lord, they're going to receive freedom as soon as they stand up and as soon as they begin to walk toward you, Father God. I thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen.